What a friend. I just love Pastor Kenny Owens. When I met him, I didn't meet a stranger. I met a man of God, a child of God, and I could tell it 100%. And I thank God for having such a friend as Pastor Kenny. And I thank him for inviting St. Paul here at First Baptist. Do y'all love the Lord? Amen. Everybody in here, do you love the Lord? Amen. I tell you, we, we love the Lord. We love the Lord. Don't mind giving him praise. He's worthy, isn't he? Isn't the Lord worthy of praise? Oh, I give him praise right now. I, I told Pastor Kenny, uh, I asked him a question. I said, uh, well, how long do you usually stand and preach? He said, don't worry about the time. You just preach as long as you feel like preaching. So, uh, I thought maybe about two hours. Would that be all right? No, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. My church family, they know that we would not dare do that. But we're going to let the Lord have the right of way. Amen. Amen. I see this mic is the right height for y'all pastor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, will it move? Well, all right. Well, I won't need it. It's, it's good. It's good. What we're going to do, we're going to ask you that have your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to be coming from the Gospel of St. Mark. The Gospel of St. Mark, and we're going to be coming from the 6th chapter and the 34th verse. And I want to thank a few of my co-workers for being here from uh, JTEC and Walhalla. We thank God for you being here with us tonight. And we really appreciate your presence. And we want to thank all of St. Paul Church family. And I have a brother, Brother Lester. He's here, pastor of Shiloh and Tugelow. And... We're just happy. have a lot of preachers here uh, that are here from St. Paul, and we thank God for all of you. Everybody that have come, we thank God for you. Thank God for our musician coming to be with us also. Amen. And our drummer that we had tonight from the New Harley Light Missionary Baptist Church, we thank God for him. Let us read the 34th verse of this passage. And hear what it says to our listening. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them. Because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And we're going to talk for just a, just a brief moment in a short while. The love of a compassionate Christ. The love of a compassionate Christ. Jesus had done many of miracles. He had worked 
many of miracles. He, he had healed many people. They came to him with all different types of issues. But Jesus did not turn any away. But you know, on this gospel journey, you're going to get tired sometimes. Some of you have been going since this morning, and you are now ready to retire. Go home, prop up your feet, watch a little TV, and if you have a job to take care of, you will take on that job tomorrow morning. But sometimes we just get tired. Now Jesus, he had been healing, laying hands upon people, speaking Preaching, teaching, his disciples following him closely and watching all of the things that he done. Jesus was tired. He was tired. And guess what? They got in a boat and began to move to the other side. And when Jesus lands on the shores of Bethesda. He leaves the sea of Galilee and he steps into a sea of humanity. Now, I want you to keep in mind he needs to grieve. He longs to relax with his followers he needs anything but another crowd of thousands to teach and heal. But his love for people overcomes his need for rest. It's hard to find many of us that can say that very thing. His love for people overcomes his need for rest. But many of those he healed would never say thank you. But he healed them anyway. Most would be more concerned with being healthy than being holy. But he healed them anyway. Some of these who ask for bread today would cry for his blood a few months later. But guess what? He healed them anyway. He had love and compassion on everybody. And then we will search the scriptures over. If we were to Read in Romans the 8th chapter and even read through the 8th chapter through the 16th verse and on down through several other verses, we will find that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Every one of us in here are children of God. And we ought to act like we're children of God. Oh, let me tell you, let me tell you, what about those Clemson Tigers? 
What about them Gamecocks? What about all of them good old teams? We, we cheer and just have a good, we scream and we holler. Sometimes we get so hoarse, we, we, we come to church and say, I can't talk, I'm sorry. But I went to the game yesterday. But what about tonight? What about giving God some praise? What about shouting for him? Everybody in here know that he's worthy to be praised. When we come to Christ, God not only forgives us, he also adopts us. He adopts us through a dramatic series of events. We go from condemned orphans, hope, to adopted children with no fear. But here is how it happens. You see, my brothers and sisters, you come before the judgment seat of God, full of rebellion and full of mistakes. And because of his justice, because of Christ's justice, he cannot dismiss your sin. He can't dismiss your sin. But because of love, the love he cannot dismiss you. The love that he has for you, he can't dismiss you. So in an act which stunned the heavens, he punishes himself on the cross for your sin and for my sin. God's justice and love are equally honored. And God's we all are forgiven. Did y'all hear that? We all are forgiven. It would be enough if God just cleansed your name. Some of us in here have cried out. We fell at the altar and said, God, have mercy upon me. God, free my name from this bondage. Cleanse my name. But look here. Jesus does more than that. He not only cleaned your name up, he gave you his name. And we ought to be able to give him some praise. Is anybody in here able to shout glory to an almighty king? Sometime, my brothers and sisters, my heart gets so heavy because I watch people in the malls on my job in the church they are down they are, they are worrying about this world that we live in what will my grandbabies do what will my children do this world is in such a turmoil the world is wrecked there's trouble everywhere what about my grandbabies I'm worried about all that is going on and taking place. Will they be safe? My brothers and my sisters, many people sit and worry about things that they have no power over. But I found if you worry over a problem, if you worry over a matter, but after you have pulled your hair out, 
You have suffered with migraine headaches. You have caused your blood pressure to skyrocket. Guess what? The problem is still there. The problem is still there. We worry. We worry about the IRS coming to audit us. We worry about the bill collector knocking at our door. We worry that we won't have enough money. And when we, ha and when we have money, we worry that we won't manage it well enough. We worry that the world we're in before we get our lives in order. We worry what the dog would think if he sees us as we step out of the shower. <laughs> we worry about someday we'll learn that fat-free yogurt was really fattening. We worry about everything, any and everything. But honestly, let's think about it. Did God save you so you won't fret, complain? Would he teach you to walk just to watch you fall? I don't think he would. I don't think he'll do that. Would he be nailed to the cross for your sin and then disregard your prayers that you are praying? I don't believe he would do that. Do I have any witness in here? Now, is scripture really teasing us when we read for ourselves that he went to the cross and died for every one of us. When you feel that you have done so wrong, when you have messed up so bad, and you think that I'm ashamed to even ask the Lord to come in a life like this. But let me tell you something. He went to the cross for everybody. I don't care how bad you think you are, how bad you have done. Christ died for every one of us. Let me tell you something, church. Christ wore a garment that we should have wore. We should have been the one that was beat and whipped all night long. We should have been the one when they spit upon him kicked him around like a dog, we should have been the one. But no, he loved us too much. He stood in the gap and blocked all of that out. He was our substitute. Substitute teacher. When she goes in and takes over the permanent teacher's class, if she do a job and do it well, when the regular teacher gets back, she won't have to worry about things being out of order because she is a good substitute. Jesus is our substitute. 
He is a good substitute. What we couldn't do, he done it all for us. Every one of us in here, he didn't do more for you and less for me, but he done it all for every one of us. And we ought to love him for that. I'm not going to worry your patience long. I'm going to get ready to let everybody go home and enjoy yourself. But, but, but let me give you one more thing that hopefully it will be helpful to somebody. God has only one requirement. When we enter into heaven, that we be clothed. He wants us to be clothed in Christ. When we enter into heaven. Listen to how Jesus described the inhabitants of heaven. In Revelation 7 and 14. They will walk with me. And they will wear white clothes. Because they are worthy. Revelation 3 and 4. Wants us to listen to the description of the elders, the 24 elders, they were dressed in white and had golden crowns on their heads. All of them are dressed in white. The saints, the elders, but how would you suppose Jesus is dressed? Jesus Many of us will imagine, oh, he's dressed in white also. No, no. Jesus was not dressed in white. He was dressed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is the word of God. Revelation 19 and 13. Why is Christ's robe not white? Why? Is Christ's robe not white? Why is his cloak not spotless? Why is his garment dipped in blood? And then Paul speaks up out of Galatians 3 and 13. Paul said he changed places with you and I. That's why his garment is not white as snow. That's why his garment has been dipped in blood and defiled with the blood and covered our sin with his life. He don't have, he don't wear a white robe. Somebody in here tonight ought to be able to say his robe was not white because of my sin. Don't point your finger at nobody else in here. But when you point that finger, one is pointing back at you. He died for every one of us in here. And guess what, church? He's coming back again. He's coming back again. We're losing loved ones. We're losing mothers, grandfathers, fathers, Cousins, sisters, brother, we're losing loved ones. But guess what? When they leave here with Christ in their heart, 
we're going to get to be with them again. We're going to get to have a good time. We're going to get to fellowship again. But in my closing, he wore out a coat of sin to the cross. After a rigged trial, the trial wasn't a legal trial. It was rigged. But they concluded that he must die. They flogged him all night long. Led him up God got the hill. Laid him on a old rugged cross that was made with dogwood. And then the cross should have been mine. But he stood in the gap for me. We are unhappy on this old earth. We have a hunger for heaven. But by grazing us with a deep dissatisfaction, God holds our attention. The only tragedy that I can think of right now is to be satisfied permanently to settle for earth for your final destiny. My brothers and my sisters, heaven is my home. I mean heaven all the way. We're not happy here because we're not at home here. We're not happy here because we're not supposed to be here. Remember that we suppose it had been sin free. From the beginning. But man messed up. And when man made that mistake. This is not my home. Jesus came. And he gave word that he was building me a home. You a home. All of us a home. Not made by the hands of man. Sin will not enter. Let us share that compassionate love that Christ shared. Oh, to view that beautiful city. Is there one person in here tonight? You may be lost. And you want to know Christ as your Savior. Guess what? It don't take much. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 said if you would just confess with your mouth and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. If you believe that in your heart, you can be saved. You will be saved. Is there one person in here tonight that would like to come and give the Lord your heart? Is there one person here? Just one. We have done as the Lord commanded, but yet there is still room. Do you love the Lord tonight? Give him one of the biggest round of applause. Oh, somebody, do you love the Lord? 
If you love him, stand up on your feet and let's give him a round of applause. If you're able to stand and just clap your hands for Jesus, or just give him some praise right now. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Can you shout hallelujah? Can you shout hallelujah? Praise his name, Pastor.